Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Today we are going to be talking about Little Slads team preview. Little Slads team name is Team Little Slads. Insert the crickets. Very original. Loser. It's going to be a little unique for Little Slads team preview because he obviously didn't do his veterans draft. So we're going to be highlighting Taco's veteran draft and then going from there. When we look at Taco's veterans draft, he started off with the 106 with Todd Gurley, who at the time seemed like a great pick. Now in a startup draft for Dynasty, you probably can get him in like the fourth or the fifth. He'll be solid for the Falcons this year. I mean, it's must start. Then he went with James Conner and Brandon Cooks. In the middle there, he took Robert Woods and Jared Goff. So I'm going to stop real quick. Todd Gurley obviously played with the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Four out of Taco's first five picks were all Rams. What the fuck is he doing? Two of those are no longer Rams, but still, you don't draft all for one team. When we look at the seventh round, I thought this was interesting when I looked back. He had picks 706, 707, 708. I have no clue how that happened. The three picks he had were Cortland Sutton, good pick. Hunter Henry, good pick. Khalil Mack, too early. We look a little later then, we have Sterling Shepard, Marvin Jones, Jordan Reed in the 13th, who is still trying to make a comeback. I don't even know if he knows where he's at at this point. <laughs> Sad, but yes. A little later then in the 17th, he took Big Ben. Uh, two players that he has, because a lot of these players he doesn't have on his roster. In the 20th and 21st, he's got Harrison Butker and Adrian Amos. If we look at the drafted players still on his roster from his vet draft, he's got eight of them. So his first, fourth, fifth two of his sevenths, a ninth, and then 2021. So looking at the players that he still has, they all, I think, could see his starting lineup at any given time. If we look at his rookie draft then, he actually had a really, really, really good rookie draft. DK Metcalf, Marquise Hollywood Brown, and Deontay Johnson in the freaking fourth. Mm -hmm. That is a great trio right there. And then Ed Oliver, who's not even on the roster right now for our league. I like all three of those wide receivers. He only has one currently on his team. But Deontay Johnson, man, that's going to be a good piece for Little Slads moving forward. In the fourth round, too. Damn. Let's get into Little Slads' depth chart here. If we take a look at his quarterbacks, he's got Jared Goff, who, say what you want about the Rams, If as long as McVay is there, the Rams are going to have a pretty solid offense. So I like Jared Goff for him. After Jared Goff, it's not good. So he's got Nick Foles, who, by the way, he dropped like $90 of fab on him. It was pretty ridiculous. Someone that's not even guaranteed the starting quarterback position for 
the Chicago Bears, who have a bad offense. Sorry, no, the shit Chicago Bears. Yes. And then also he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, to be honest, is probably his backup quarterback at the moment because I don't think Tua is going to start the year. I know a lot of people have been you know, speculating it could be a redshirt year for Tua just to make sure he's at full health going forward. They don't really need to do anything. It's not like they're trying to compete for the playoffs. So if they went ahead and they threw Tua, who's their future out there right away, that could be problematic rather quickly. He's also got Jordan Love on his taxi. As I mentioned in Will's podcast, Jordan Love is an outstanding taxi squad player right now. Obviously, next year he's going to have to make a decision. I don't see him dropping him. Looking at his quarterback depth right now. Hmm. He needs a couple quarterbacks. <laughs> Should we make it a fourth team where I pitch that he goes out and looks at Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott? Yes, I'll do it. <laughs> Let's look at his running back depth. So he's got Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley. He's also got David Montgomery. After that, it kind of falls off. So he's got Carlos Hyde. That I really, really liked as a low-key pickup. Didn't cost him much money. He's now with Seattle and their injury-ridden backfield. Damian Harris, who I actually drafted in my rookie draft, I dropped him. And now there's a potential that he could be the starting running back for the Patriots if Sony is hurt indeed. He's also got Ito Smith, who he's probably using as a handcuff for Todd Gurley. Rodney Anderson, who's like the fourth string running back there in Cincinnati. I know Jason Moore from the footballers freaking loves that guy. And the other two hosts just completely shit on him for loving Rodney Anderson, who's a really random running back. Lamar (laughs) Miller, not on the roster. A.J. Dillon is on his taxi. I like that for his taxi. To be honest, he probably could bring him up and cut one of those running backs at some point in the season. Yeah, if you look at his running back roster, those top two guys especially are obviously Derrick Henry's a monster. Todd Gurley's going to be a good starter this year. David Montgomery, he's going to have a chance to be the starter. We'll see how well he does. Bears line was shit last year. Harris could be something. All the rest of those guys, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's look at his wide receiver depth, and he has a lot of really intriguing options here. Starting with Tyreek Hill, Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods. Cortland Sutton kind of backing up here. I'm interested if his production is going to stay the same, knowing that they just went out and drafted KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy and Albert O, even if we consider that. We'll see kind of what happens with Cortland Sutton. He's a really, really good wide receiver. Jalen Rieger, he also just drafted somehow in the second round. Deontay Johnson there with Pittsburgh. Terry McLaurin with Washington. Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin were both fourth-round picks by Taco. Just let that sink in. That's freaking nuts. Russell Gage, Steven Sims, KJ Hamler, Sterling Shepard, Scotty Miller, Des Bryant, Malcolm Perry, James Prochet on the taxi, and then Isaiah Coulter. Man, just looking at, I'd say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Probably ten of those guys really, really interest me, which is awesome for a dynasty team. Obviously, you have Tyreek, Cortland, and Robert Woods, who are all phenomenal. Jalen Rager is going to be in a great spot. Deontay Johnson will be a solid receiver. Terry McLaurin, I am very high on. I was trying to draft. I was trying to trade for him in a couple other leagues. Uh, I'm very open to see what you'd want for him. I'm not sure who Russell Gage is, to be perfectly honest. Third string for the Falcons. He actually had a couple of like pretty serviceable games there with Atlanta. I know he's like a very buy low candidate for a lot of 
dynasty teams or from like articles I read and such. Steven Sims Jr. should be pretty solid. Hamler is a good pickup. Shepard has some good depth. Didn't know who Scotty Miller was going into this. Des Bryant did not catch it and is not on the roster. So, and then of course we have our 12 year old receiver, <laughs> Malcolm Perry. Uh, I was amazed because I didn't know who this guy was when he picked him up on waivers. And there was a sleeper glitch that said he was literally 12 years old. <laughs> so I'm amazed that we can still have a 12 year old player in the roster. But hey, it, it's 2020. You never know what can happen this time. If we look at his tight end depth, there's only two of them. He's got Austin Hooper and Jared Cook. Definitely an area I think he could try to improve on, knowing how many wide receivers that he has on his team. Cook is up there in age. He's in his mid-30s. Hooper, he's in a three-tight end system with Cleveland. Not ideal, knowing that he had kind of a breakout with the Falcons last year. Uh, Looking at his kicker, then he's got Harrison Bucker, who is obviously one of the top kickers in the league, only because the Chiefs have such a great offense. Looking at his IDPs then... (laughs) There's six of them. That's it. Defensive line. He's got Khalil Mack, and that's it. (laughs) He's also classified as a linebacker. He's going to have to start Khalil Mack at the line every single week, though, including with a bye. He's going to have to pick someone up so he doesn't face the ability to lose draft picks. In the linebackers, then, he's got Jalen Smith and Jerome Baker. I like Jalen Smith a lot with Dallas. They have a very improved defense. Jerome Baker, I didn't know shit about, and I'm going to kind of talk about him in a little bit. At the defensive backs, then, he's got Adrian Amos, the safety with the Packers, Jair Alexander, the stud corners with the Packers as well, and then Jalen Ramsey. Looking at those IDPs, I think he could definitely improve at all those areas, and I, I hate to say it because he only has six of them. Honestly, Will's got a ton of IDPs. His brother has a ton of IDPs. He's got a lot of picks that he That's can another thing, away yeah. with that. Khalil Mack is a very good player, as long with Jalen Smith. Like, they're really good players. I'm not sure how fantasy-wise Khalil Mack is. And his DBs, I love that he's got two Packers out there. I'm not sure how many points they're going to give him week <laughs> to week. <laughs> his best bet is going to be, for sure, Adrian Amos, just because of the fact he's a safety. Uh, Jerry Alexander is a lockdown corner, but we know corners don't do crap in our IDP scoring. Let's take a look at some of his picks. So right now for 2021, he does not have a first, but he has two seconds, his own and Ryan's. He has four thirds, his own, his brothers, Ryan's and Sturks. He's got a fourth. He's got a fifth and two sixths, his own and yours. In 2022, then, he has a first, second, two-thirds, including his own and Randy's, two-fourths, his own and his brother's, a fifth, and a sixth. In 2023, he has all six of his standard picks. So you can see here in 2021, right now he has 10 picks. In 2022, he has eight picks. Maybe he wants to package a couple of those together to try and move up. Maybe, like we just discussed, he could swap some of them for IDPs as well. Let's go ahead and go through our advised cuts. I'm going to let you start. As of this moment, Little Slads would need to cut five players. Well, since Dez didn't catch it and he's not on the roster, I'm probably going to have to have him cut Dez Bryant, in my opinion. Uh, Lamar Miller is also not in the roster, so we'll cut him. Scotty Miller, he's got so many good wide receivers. I think... As cool it is, is that he has a 12-year-old in his roster, um, he's probably not going to be startable in each week, so I would probably have him cut him. 
And then we have Rodney Anderson as well. Got a lot of backup running backs. Um, I think Rodney Anderson would probably be my last cut for his roster. Looking at my advice cuts, I have all five the same as you. So Dez, Rodney Anderson, Lamar Miller, Malcolm Perry, and Scotty Miller. The only way I can see him not cutting those exact five would be if he would move Malcolm Perry to his taxi squad, which is a possibility. We'll just kind of see what he does. But outside of that, I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry on what he does. We're going to come right back to talk about some commentary and notes from Little Slads slash Tacos team. If he gets what he wants, I expect he'll be a better ruler than the fools sitting on the Iron Throne the last hundred years. But I'll never serve him. You told me you weren't here to conquer. You told me your people have bled enough. That's right. I don't want them bleeding for Stannis Baratheon either. You spent your life convincing 90 clans to come together for the first time in history. Thens and Hornfoots. The Ice River clans, even the giants. A life's work uniting them. You didn't do it for power. You didn't do it for glory. You brought them together to save them because none of them have survived the winter, not if they're north of the wall. All right, a little commentary about Little Slad slash Taco's team breakdown here. First, I wanted to kind of bring a quick note to Taco's team. I actually just started a Dynasty League with a bunch of my friends from my hometown. There was five teams that took two kickers. In our league, when we did our startup, there was one, and it was freaking Taco. Kind of shows his... Fantasy football knowledge. Second of all... Butker and Matt Prater. Yeah. 20th and 24th rounds. I already talked about this, but Taco drafted a Ram player with four of his first five picks. Third thing that some of you guys may remember from the chat that I just needed to point out is Rowdy used to deliver pizza for Domino's, and he told the story when Taco left our league about how he was delivering pizza to Taco, and Taco came and got the pizza literally walked right back in the building and didn't tip him at all. For those of you guys that don't remember why Taco left, he literally was not starting an active roster. He made a trade that was preposterous. I told him, because we had it in the Constitution, I say, you are now owing me fines for not starting an active roster. And then he started crying and saying, it's ridiculous that you think I need to be checking fantasy football all the time and stuff like that. I'm not going to give in to anything like that. Ends up, he drops the league. He says, this is, I'm not doing this anymore. This is dumb, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. And then we ended up doing like a draft lottery between D Slacky's brother and then Will's buddy uh, for Taco's roster. And Little Slads ends up getting the roster. As a result of it, you know, Spaceballs, who we're going to talk about in a couple episodes, and Little Slads were both new to our league. We thought it was kind of fair Rather than them just taking a team because Spaceballs was inheriting a team that was so much better than Little Slads, we did an expansion draft. Thinking about that expansion draft, each team had the opportunity to keep four players from their team. I thought it was very, very strange that Spaceballs did not keep Tyreek Hill. As a result of that, after the keepers, Little Slads took Tyreek Hill with his number one pick. Also, I was shocked that Spaceballs did not keep David Montgomery, knowing that he was Rowdy's very, very early pick in the rookie draft. He was actually the 102. 
on the side of little slads now. I think his biggest mistake, and I do not have words to explain how ridiculous it was, is he kept an IDP Jerome Baker over Hollywood Brown. What? Oh, man. I know he said his reason was that was the first transaction I made in the league. Still ridiculous, though. I don't But I can almost guarantee that Spaceballs would not have taken him in one of the first picks. So he still would have been able to go back and get him. I agree. He definitely would have been able to get this. Jerome Baker. Looking at that rookie draft, we already talked about Taco was a very close second behind Randy in winning the 2019 draft. Let's remember, Randy got A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders. We talked about how Jared Goff is going to be a pretty solid fantasy QB going forward. We were very confused why he spent so much money trying to go get Nick Foles. Jordan loves a good taxi stash. That was a smart thought. But he might no need to go get another QB. Maybe not one of the QBs that I w- we were talking about before um, in Dak or Kyler, but just somebody serviceable enough to provide some depth. I still keep going back to the fact that Sleeper somehow glitched and he had a 12-year-old in his roster. Um, I, I that I just could not believe that I saw that. Then we have two Packer IDPs. Amos is a pretty solid player week to week. Jalen Ramsey and Jair Alexander are going to be very interception dependent. They're both locked down, shut down, really, really good corners. But they're not going to get as many tackles or picks as you would want if you want to start someone. You probably want to go get another IDP. Trades are a little harder to come by in this league, although they happen all the time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's probably the most active league I've ever seen in my life. If there's a chance, he should probably try to turn some of those good wide receiver depth into maybe another running back or maybe another tight end who although i really love austin hooper he's a really good player it's just that he is in a three tight end system with the browns now although njoku's trying to get traded talked about it before about how jalen rager in the second round is just insane i'm shocked that ryan's kind of passed on him at 112 and took higgins over rieger i probably would have taken rieger over higgins for sure i probably would have taken rieger over mims uh, I still would have taken Mims over hmm. Rieger. Him being around that late, great pickup. We already talked about some of his future picks. He has so many that I think he could potentially package some of them with players or just together to get into the first round or to upgrade one of his positions that he needs to go ahead and improve on. I thought it was interesting that he has the complete opposite viewpoint of his brother for IDP. So his brother has the most IDPs in the league. On the other hand, Little Slads has pure minimum. I think it's a prove-it year for David Montgomery. I know he's been dangling him out there in trades. The bears line last year was complete dog shit, but David Montgomery's a pretty good running back. He just you know, didn't have the opportunity to show it. Going to run through some of Little Slads' trades here. So far, he has conducted seven trades outside of the inaugural draft. Taco made one trade. Love to see the activeness of Little Slads so far. So the first trade that Taco made midseason right before he left the league, he ended up sending James Conner and the eventual 302 over for Damian Williams and John Brown. I think Taco lost that trade. I feel like John Brown's been traded like eight times in our league. In Little Slads' first trade, Gave away Kareem Hunt, DK Metcalf, and the 202 to Will in exchange for Chris Conley, Derek Henry, and Austin Hooper. Talked about it in a previous episode. I think it was a minor win for Little Slads just because Derek Henry is the best player in that deal. 
in the long term, though, will most likely will win that trade. Another deal, and this one was a big head-scratcher when we look at the quarterback depth for little slads. He sent away John Brown, again, previous point about how many times he's been traded, and Drew Brees. I know he's probably in his last year. However, I think it would have been nice for him to keep him one more year if possible. I know that his brother D-Slads did not have a backup, so that was dire for him. And then also he sent away his 2021 first. So I feel like Little Slides is never going to have a first round pick. In exchange, he got Sony Michelle, another one of those guys that has been traded like eight times. He got Terry McLaurin. That's huge. So I think that equals out with the 2021 first. Might even be better than the 2021 first. McLaurin will be a monster going forward. The 301 this past year and then also the 2021 third. So looking at both those sides, kind of tough to say who wins right now just because you have a first-round pick involved and Terry McLaurin. All those other ones are just kind of throw-ins. He traded with Sterk. He received the 208 for Jalen Hurd. As Will previously said on some episodes, I'd call this trade a wash. It's pretty equal. And Jalen Hurd did not play at all last year due to injury. He has the opportunity now if he explodes. Then I would say Sterk would win. Otherwise, it's kind of irrelevant at this current point in time. He traded away Paris Campbell. To me, I know he's been in the market to try to get rid of a bunch of his wide receivers and shift the tides of his positional balance. So he sent Paris Campbell over to me. I gave away a 2021 third and then $6 worth of fab. That's pretty irrelevant. If you look at Little Slads' remaining money, he doesn't have anything left, so at least he had that available. Also, he sent Damian Williams over to his brother for a 2022 third and a 2022 fourth. I'm sure D. Slatke only wanted him because it was a handcuff for CEH, who he recently drafted. Actually, to be honest, I think Damian Williams is going to start, at least for the beginning part of the season, not just going to get completely benched there's no way that happens he's too good should have won the Super Bowl MVP next trade then he sent Sony Michelle over to Ryan in exchange for a 2021 second and a 2021 third I consider that right now a big win for little slads I know Ryan has even said that he kind of regrets that trade a little bit because he gave away some of his picks for a running back that one isn't on his team and then two even if he kept them wouldn't have had that big of an impact the most recent trade that he made was with Justin. He sent away Kawan Alexander, IDP from the 49ers, in exchange for a 2021 sixth. I'm going to consider this trade also a wash, just because Little Slads is either going to take another IDP that is much younger and unproven, or he's going to take some guy that he can just throw on his taxi, maybe even a free agent. We'll see what happens with that. So those are Little Slads' trades that he has done thus far. We're going to come right back and talk about Little Slads slash Tacos 2019 season. Joffrey. Cersei. Walter Frey. Meryn Trant. Tywin Lannister. The Red Woman. Beric Dondarrion. Thoros of Myr. In pain. The mountain. Would you shut up? So Taco Slash Little Slads 2019 season was not the best. He had two three-game losing streaks. 
all of his wins came in solo fashion with no two-game win streak or more. In week one, Taco lost to Justin by 77.4 points. That's a clapping. (laughs) (laughs) Taco's leading scorer was Cortland Sutton with 19. Justin's was Dak Prescott with 41.4, moving Taco to 0-1. In week two, Taco lost to me by 23.3. Taco's leading scorer was Jared Goff with 21.1. My leading scorer was Patrick Mahomes with 39.6, moving Taco to 0-2. In week three, Taco played against Tyler and lost by 54.8. Taco's leading scorer was Brandon Cooks with 21. Tyler's leading scorer was Mark Ingram with 35.5, moving Taco to 0-3. Taco got in the win column with a win over Jake in week four by 12.3 points. Taco's leading scorer was James Conner with 26.5. Jake's leading scorer was Aaron Jones with 17.8. This moved Taco's record to one and three. In week five, Taco lost to Ryan by four point six. Taco's leading scorer was Jared Goff with nineteen point nine. Ryan's leading scorer was Leonard Fournette with twenty four point seven. After this loss, Taco moves to one and four. In week six, Taco played against D. Sladkey and lost by nine. His leading scorer was James Conner with thirty point nine, and D. Sladkey's leading scorer was Nick Chubb with twenty eight point nine. Moving Taco to one and five. No fucking clue how this happened. In week seven, Taco beats Randy by 23.8. Taco's leading scorer was Jared Goff with 29. Randy's was Delvin Cook with 27.9. Moving Taco to two and five. In week eight, Taco lost to Garrett by 12.6. His leading score was Jared Goff. Once again, man, he is a leading scorer like every week. 26.8. Garrett's leading score was James Conner with 24, moving Taco to 2-6. and six. In Week 9, Taco played against Andy and beat her by 13.7. His leading score was Ryan Fitzpatrick with 29.7. Andy's leading score was Tyler Lockett with 40.2. Taco moved to 3-6. and six cried his way out of the league and little slads took over in week 10 little slads played against will and did not score 100 points he lost by 54.1 in the words of will things you hate to see that will's leading scorer was derrick henry with 33.1 moving little slads to three and seven week 11 little slads lose to rowdy by 9.2 his leading scorer was john brown with 34.7 rowdy's leading scorer was drew Brees with 27.1 moving little slads to three and eight in week 12 justin completes the sweep of little slads slash taco the clapping <laughs> and beats him, beats him by 32 and a half holy crap little slads only scored 77.9 <laughs> i think that's an all-time low in our league Little Slads' leading scorer was Jamal Williams with 16, and Justin's was Alvin Kamara with 19.2. Little Slads moved to 3-9 and nine after this game. In week 13, I have no clue how. This knocked me out of the playoffs. Little Slads beats me in his first career victory by 41.2. His leading scorer was Robert Woods with 30.2. My leading scorer was Patrick Mahomes with 215 Get clapped. Little Slads moves to four and nine on the season. That was Little Slads last tacos season. He went four and nine. We're going to be right back to talk about his 2020 season preview. Hi. You're just meat. 
Reek. That's a good name for you. What's your name? Theon Greyjoy. What's your name? Theon Greyjoy. are going to go through a 2020 team preview for little slads and see how his record ends up according to sleeper myself and justin so in week one little slads plays against ryan sleepers projecting a loss by 10.5 points if we look at some players in the flex little slads has terry mclaurin and robert woods ryan on the other hand has leonard fournette and dj chark he loves his jaguars so with this in mind, sleeper <laughs> sleeper moves little slads to zero and one on the season. In week two, little slads plays against Justin, and sleeper projects that little slads will win by ten point nine. Little slads has Todd Gurley and Cortland Sutton in his flex. Justin has Carryon Johnson and Christian Kirk in his flex. With this being said. Little Slads would move to 1-1. One and one. In Week 3, Little Slads plays against yours truly. Sleeper is projecting a 14.4 loss. Little Slads has Deontay Johnson and Tyreek Hill in his flex. I have Adam Thielen and Jamison Crowder in my flex. With all of this in mind, Sleeper has Little Slads moving to 1-2. and two. In week four, Little Slads plays against Will. Sleeper is projecting that Will will win by 16.2. Little Slads has Cortland Sutton and David Montgomery in his flex. Will has Le'Veon Bell and DK Metcalf in his flex. With all this in mind, Little Slads would move to one and three. Then the buys start coming in. In week five, we have two teams on buy, including the Packers and the Lions. Little Slads is matched up against Sterk Daddy. Sleeper is projecting Little Slads to lose by 11.9. In Little Slad Keys buys, he has Adrian Amos and Jair Alexander, but that is it. Little Slads has Robert Woods and Todd Gurley in his flex. Sterk Daddy has Melvin Gordon and David Johnson in his flex. After this matchup, Little Slads would move to 1-4. In week six, Little Slads is matched up against his brother, Danny. Sleeper has him losing to Danny by 6.5 points. On by that week, we have the Patriots, Raiders, Seahawks, and Saints. For Little Slads, that would only be Jared Cook. D. Sladkey in his flex has Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert. In Little Slads' flex, he would have Tyreek Hill and Terry McLaurin with Austin Hooper being locked in at his tight end position. With this in mind, Little Slads would move to 1-5 and five on the season. In Week 7, Little Slads is matched up against Tyler. Sleeper is projecting Little Slads to win by 16.6. There are four teams on by, including the Colts, 
Jaguars, Vikings, and Titans. The only player on Little Slads' roster affected would be Derrick Henry, which is obviously a big loss. On Tyler's end, he will not have a defensive lineman on his roster. For Little Slads, because Derrick Henry's on bye, he will have Gurley and Montgomery in his running backs. Flex, he's going to have Robert Woods and Sterling Shepard. Tyler and his flex would have CeeDee Lamb and Julian Edelman. After this win, Little Slads would move to 2-5. and five. Justin's going to take over with Week 8. All right, in Week 8, there are six teams on by, which heavily affects Little Slads' team, yet he's still going to beat Spaceballs, according to Sleeper, in a 154.8 to 148.3 victory by 6.5 points. The six bi-week teams are the Cardinals, Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Steelers, and Redskins. So that's where his wide receiver depth will be tested as he loses Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, and KJ Hamler. So he would be starting at the wide receiver position, Tyreek Hill and Robert Woods, and his flexes would be David Montgomery and Sterling Shepard. Steve would, does not have a kicker in this matchup, which makes this an interesting one if he puts a kicker in there. I think Spaceballs might have a shot at winning that. Uh, he would have Tyler Boyd and Marvin Jones Jr. in his flex. According to Sleeper, uh, Little Slads will win this and be 3-5 and five at this point. In Week 9, there are four teams on by. And Little Slads is facing our defending champion Randy and would lose by 9.3, 146.9 to 137.6. The four teams on by are the Bengals, Browns, Rams, and Eagles. So he would be uh, affected by having Jalen Ramsey, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, Jalen Rieger, and Jared Goff. Uh, and this is where the one week where having Nick Foles as a QB is, ooh, that, that's where he might want to go find some depth. Because uh, Nick Foles would be playing the Titans, and I would not want to start Nick Foles and David Montgomery that week against the Titans defense. He would also be starting Todd Gurley, Derrick Henry, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, and Tyreek Hill. Randy would be starting Gardner Minshew at QB, um, and then would have A.J. Brown and Adrian Peterson in the flexes. So, after week 9, Little Slads would be 3-6. and six. Move on to week 10... Little Slads comes out with a very close victory over Andy. Even though Little Slads does not have a kicker this week, he's still projected to win. It would put him at 4-6. and six. Uh, He's projected to win 142.29 to 141.13. So, very, very close. The four teams on by this week are the Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Chargers. So that means Little Slads would lose Todd Gurley, Tyreek Hill, Harrison Bucker, Jalen Smith, all four of those guys are pretty much must-starts each week. Ito uh, Smith and Russell Gage. At running back, he'd have Derrick Henry and David Montgomery. Wide receivers would be Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods, and his flexes would be Deontay Johnson and Sterling Shepard. Again, he's without a kicker, so it's a lot closer in this projection. He would obviously have to pick one up. Andy would be starting Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Curtis Samuel, and John Brown. Moving into Week 11. Michael's record is 4-6. and six. Week 11, Michael, Little Slads, gets an 11.8 win versus Jake. 155.09 to 143.29. Moving him to a 5-6 and six record. 
There are six teams on by this week in the Bills, Bears, Dolphins, Giants, 49ers, and Jets. That affects his team a lot with David Montgomery getting out of there and Khalil Mack, and then a lot backup options in Jerome Baker, the 12-year-old Malcolm Perry, Nick Foles, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Sterling Shepard. Little Slads would be starting Derrick Henry, Todd Gurley, Tyreek Hill, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, and Terry McLaurin. Jake would have Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Calvin Ridley, Sony Michelle, and Mike Williams. After week 11, Little Slad's record is 5-6. and six. We move on to week 12, where Little Slad's was projected to lose to Prince Palmer and Ryan. Uh, there are no bye weeks in the NFL this week. Uh, Little Slad's would projected to be losing 164.11 to 155.9. He would be starting all of his regular running backs and wide receivers, and his extra flex would be Sterling Shepard. Ryan would have Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Kenny Galladay, both DJs, and Kenyon Drake. Um, after week 12, Little Slad's record is 5-7. and seven. Going into the final week of the fantasy year, week 13, where the Panthers and Buccaneers have a bye, but it really does not affect Little Slad's at all. And he is projected to beat me, damn it, uh, by 2.78, 150.88 to 148.1 to finish the year with a 6-7 and seven record. He would be starting all of his normal running backs and wide receivers, and in his extra flex spot, he'd have Terry McLaurin. I'd start Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Devontae Adams and Devontae Parker, Amari Cooper, and Christian Kirk. So... After all of that, he'd have a 6-7 and seven record, according to Sleeper. We're not sure where that would be playoff-wise, but it doesn't look like an under 500 record would probably make the playoffs, but we will see. So I currently have Little Slads also projected to go 6-7 and seven on the season. I think his ceiling is kind of in that 6-7, six 7-6 and, seven, seven and six range, unless he would make a move that puts him over the top. We can see that there are a couple gaps there primarily at the quarterback and running back position. I know you like the tight end position as well, but I think that could be an area of struggle, knowing that Hooper is in a completely different system now than he was. Did have a couple close matchups uh, there, but I think the main thing he's got to focus on is trying to get himself another quarterback, maybe a little bit of help at the running back position on his IDPs, He's going to struggle a little bit on those bye weeks, especially with those defensive backs and defensive line. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm pretty much on the same wavelength. I thought six and seven was probably about where he where he'd be at, uh, but after looking through some of those sleeper projections, I think five and eight might be a better projection by me. Um, I know there's a couple close losses in there, and one of those was only a loss because someone didn't have a kicker starting. Um, so I think I'll go five and eight, but I think right around five and eight, six and seven is about where his team will finish this year. Thanks for joining on this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Please join us next week as we will do a team preview of our defending champion, Randy, head of the Amelia Clark fan club.